Please be seated. As is a custom when David is out of town, I'd like to uh, talk about him behind his back. Um, I was born and raised in the church of Spinney, as you know, and had the pleasure of experiencing so many of the benefits that our wonderful congregation and church staff have to offer and grew up with a very distinct but somewhat limited view of the church. And then coming on staff a year and a half ago, uh, it's as if the church had been turned inside out and I got to see it um, from the internal perspective. Um, David, having been here for, I think this is his 19th year, um, he was here for a lot of the time I was as well, so I was well acquainted with him. But I will tell you, I have been impressed and amazed at what David does um, for our community, for his family, um, especially for our church and our church staff. Um, While he is sometimes quiet and seems a little reserved, uh, the man is extremely driven. He has tons of energy, a wonderful heart, very wise, and maybe one of the most humble leaders I've ever met. And um, while he's gone, I want to honor him and lift him up and just share with y'all some of the wonderful things that I get to see of him. Uh, Dinah uh, is also gone from our staff. I'd like to just bless her. I get a lot of feedback from y'all and even people from other churches uh, that experience her love and care um, through hospital visits and especially through um, through uh, uh, sermons given here and, and also funerals. Uh, we have people visit from other churches and are just very impressed uh, with the caliber of those two and most of our staff. So uh, as they're gone, we miss them in their absence and want to bless them and just, um, I think David's so shy we can never talk about him and when he's present. So take that short opportunity. I appreciate that. Um, Our scripture this morning is from Isaiah, the 49th chapter, uh, where the prophet is speaking of, uh, of what is eventually Jesus. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand, and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself, For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength, he says. It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of this earth. This is what the Lord says, the Redeemer and Holy One of Israel To him who was despised and abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers, kings will see you and stand up, princes will see and bow down, because of the Lord, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. This is the word of the Lord. This morning I'd like to tell you a story of a young man who was born in the northeast near Baltimore. 
June 30th, 1985. A normal boy, but somewhat gangly, tall and skinny, somewhat out of proportion physically. He always seemed a little odd to the other students. Diagnosed in elementary school with ADHD, he always had difficulty with his homework assignments. His mother said getting him to sit still to do anything, especially a writing assignment, was difficult at best. Having trouble with school, he was put on medication to help him focus and always felt a little out of place in all parts of the world but one. At a young age, thanks to his sisters, he had discovered the pool, and his mother said he, she had trouble keeping him away. She said he is not a sit-still person, but he can swim lap after lap after lap. And swim he did, spending most of his days in the pool as much of his, as his family would allow him. He was soon noticed by coaches. With his broad shoulders, slim hips, they said he had a classic swimmer's physique. He was said to have a bizarrely long torso and very short legs. Swimming coaches said that that allowed him to ride high in the water, like a long, thin sailboat that smooths over the top of the water. His coach said he had an aquatic body. His feet would grow to be a size 14. Big flippers, as they say in the coaching world. He would grow to be six feet tall, six foot four, and weigh almost 200 pounds, but would glide through the water with this classic swimmer's physique. Another thing that every swimming coach noticed, something that cannot be measured but is immediately apparent to anyone who knows swimming, the boy possessed in the extreme what is called a feel for the water, the ability to put his body in just the right position to race through it. At a young age, he was noticed by good coaches on a national level who met with his family. At the age of 11, they pointed out that their son was frankly abnormal. He was a pure prodigy, a genius in the water. The coach immediately designed a regimented swimming practice, training with the elite swimmers in their area, alongside swimmers even as old as 18 years, and eventually training twice a day. Born in 1985, that would allow him to be age 15 by the time the 2000 Olympics rolled around. He could be a spectator, be motivated, and by 2004, enter into the next Olympics. He would break world records, his coach said of him at the age of 11. He would be the world's greatest swimmer. The parents were shocked. They couldn't imagine how their gangly young son, who had struggled in everything he did, could be spoken of so highly. Is this what is going on in the passage this morning in Isaiah? Where God is giving an upgrade to Jesus and potentially us? Isaiah is speaking out about this call to restore the Israelites 
back to himself, but then gives this promotion, this new call, this expansion to the dream of what they had in store for them. It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. What an odd statement to make about restoring God's people to himself. The writer in Isaiah is talking about this reality of this upgrade that God is calling them to. To change their focus from this very small thing. Maybe this family felt the same way with their child. Challenged in everything he had done, never fitting in. Now finding a place that he was not only good and competent, but excelling. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. He made my mouth. He made me into a polished arrow. As the swimming coaches talked about this young man, they talked about how he was built as a prototypical swimmer. He had the body that gave him advantages over all others. Long torso, huge long arms. He would grow to have a wingspan of that of someone at six feet eight, much taller than himself, but with his short legs and big feet, he could glide atop the water. Before I was born, the Lord called me and made me. He spoke my name. As I read through the scripture this morning, I start to sense the realities and hints of what God calls us to. The longings in our heart that we are made for. The times when we rest in places or find ourselves doing things where we feel right at home when we have not felt at home in anything else. Having moved from a previous position to be one of your pastors, I can recognize some of the reality of feeling out of place, a little out of water, if you will, and then finding myself at home in this place, in a new place, in a new role. One of the realities that Isaiah is bringing up for us this morning is that we are made intentionally, on purpose, for a purpose, for particular things. And I think many of us in here know this and sense this and have discovered this. But Isaiah takes a further step in this morning's passage to, in a sense, upgrade our calling. Not that anything was wrong with it originally. Look at the calling that he describes as being called to restore the people of God to God himself. But now an upgrade to the Gentiles, to all the peoples of the earth. For God so loved the world that he sent in only son. For God so loved the world, he said. And isn't this the upgrade that we receive in life? We know some of the things we're created for. We can sense them. A longing for home we have never known, maybe. And as we step into them, we find we may be more capable than we are. Well, I'm here to assure you this morning that we are indeed more capable than we are. I am aware of my shortcomings and failures. I feel we know them all too well and we rehearse them in our mind. But greater than that, I am afraid we do not know the many places that we are called beyond what we can see. In our scripture this morning, Isaiah raises our focus 
from the things that we know and have been raised in and can see, to the voice of God from above calling us to new things, calling us higher and deeper and wider and further. Because isn't this the love of God that does that, that restores us and others, that raises our eyes to the mountains to see where our help comes from? And what of these limitations that we know so well, these failures that haunt us from the past and that we rehearse? Aren't these the very things that God sent His Son to forgive us of and wipe clean and wipe fresh? Fresh as the new fallen snow. We are redeemed. We are set free. Do we know this as well as we know the memories of our past failures and shortcomings? Or the things that we continue to fail in? I think this morning Isaiah has to say to us a lot about our potential. And by that I do not mean what resides within myself, but what God has put within each and every one of us. That strength and that power from on high. His Holy Spirit, His very Spirit that testifies to us that we are God's beloved sons and daughters, redeemed and set free from our failures and shortcomings and haunting memories of the past. God has come to give us this upgrade this morning. And I find it no coincidence that it comes just before the springtime launching this new mission of this unity of multiple campuses. Do you feel that? Do you feel the upgrade coming? Do you feel God raising our eyes to the mountains to say, look not only to yourselves, but look out of this place. Look to the Gentiles. Look to the whole world. God is preparing us to send us forth to our community in a new way. And this springtime, we'll be going through this new vision. This reality that we as beloved sons and daughters are not raised up just to remain comfortable in our pews, but to go out transformed to all the world. Now oftentimes we grow up like that gangly boy, never fitting in, never feeling we have a place. But someone comes along and identifies something in us that is unique and unusual. And they know its role. And they call it up and they encourage it and they develop it. And they see things in us that are not yet but are definitely there. This boy, as many of you know, would grow up to be one of the greatest Olympians of all time. Michael Phelps, earning more medals than any other Olympian, setting many world records in swimming that still stand today. And as his coach told his parents at the age of 11, he would become the world's greatest swimmer. I think what Isaiah wants to do for us today is call up those things in us that are there that we do not yet know are. Lately I have been reading a lot about our potential. A lot about where we're called and why we're called there. And as you know, when you start to look further for things to do and reach higher, you are very aware of your own shortcomings. But I want to encourage you with this verse that God has settled me on in this season. 
It's from the third chapter of Ephesians, and many of you know it. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So intimidating and seems so far off. But it's according to his power that is at work within us. Friends, God does not leave us orphaned. He does not leave us isolated. And he does not leave us to work on our own power. I encourage you that in this spring season, in preaching on the message, if you feel stretched by what we are called to, I encourage you to look up, to look at what God has placed in you, not only how he has created you, but his spirit at work within you. I encourage you to remain and try in those places, because you will discover, just like this family discovered in their young gangly, awkward, 11-year-old boy, we are often capable of more than we know. So I invite you on the journey this spring to begin to ask, to begin to imagine and dream with God as we partner with Him on this new journey and new calling. Amen.